and welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast. Here, we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Robert Fortins. Robert is a homeschool dad who's also the CEO of Classical Conversations. So I invite you to join us as we talk about how home education can help you and your students think through today's cultural hot topics and enter into any realm of conversation with confidence. I think you'll come away from this podcast with a renewed vision and excitement about God's call on your family to homeschool and how well that will prepare your children for whatever lies ahead for them. Now, a lot of the concepts discussed in today's podcast are actually further explored and more deeply explained in our newest class, Heart School. Heart School was written to help you refine your vision about what God has called you to do and to prepare you to disciple and educate your children with their hearts and yours in mind. We have to be intentional and purposeful in our parenting and discipleship efforts to best prepare our children to stand in an increasingly hostile world. So whether you're a young mom and you're brand new to homeschooling, or if you're a veteran homeschool mom who could just use a good reminder and refresher course on why you're doing all of this in the first place, Heart School is for you. Visit teachthemdiligently.net forward slash heart school for more details and enroll today. I am so glad you're here, and I promise you do not want to miss a moment of this episode. So let's dive right into my conversation with Robert Fortin. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back. I am really, really excited to have Robert Bortons joining us today. Robert is with Classical Conversations. His mom actually started Classical Conversations. And so uh, he grew up being home educated and now he is homeschooling his own kiddos. So Robert, welcome to the show. Can you tell us just a little bit about you and your family? Yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. As you said, I was homeschooled the whole way through high school. Um, I am now married to my uh, beautiful wife, April, and she's homeschooling our three kids. And uh, our oldest will be uh, six here uh, as uh, at the end of the December. And then we have a four-year-old and a seventh-month-old. So, um, you know, the, the six-year-old is getting a little bit more homeschooling in the formal sense and, and the younger two of course are just at oh, home yeah. with her and absorbing what they what they can but it's just been uh, a wonderful blessing um, to be at a homeschool my own kids and um, just having a great testimony of being homeschooled myself and, and really enjoying that and being successful in the real world as they say mm-hmm. um, for a while before really coming home and joining classical conversations to help other families have the same type of educational experience and that I had and hopefully a better one at that yep. Well, yeah, I am. Uh, or from what I'm hearing, CC is growing by leaps and bounds right now. Um, can you tell us? Uh, we're not really here to talk specifically about that, but I would love for everyone to hear. It's so exciting to see how the homeschool community in general is growing, um, but specifically through the work that you're doing. What kind of growth are you all seeing? Yeah, the big growth that we're seeing is really on the international front. Of course, we see wow. um, the domestically. Uh, we've seen a quite quite a bit of growth lately, but we've really started working on translating our products into Spanish and Portuguese as well as Russian and helping homeschoolers around the world. And it's always funny because when I go abroad to talk about uh, 
home education. The parents have the same questions that they have here in the United States, even if they speak a different language. And that's always, you know, what about socialization? And can my kids get into college? And can I really do this? And so it just shows our humanity is the same uh, no matter where you live. No walls in that, right? It's nope. we're all thinking the same thing because it's we. These are the people that we care most about in the world, so we want to make the best decisions on their behalf. And so, um, so yeah, it stands to reason that we'd all be thinking pretty similarly. Yeah, absolutely. But well, I know that um, you know this year. We, in fact, we were just talking before we we started recording. This year, twenty twenty, has seemed like just the whole well we've all seen that the whole world can change in a very short amount of time um but we've also really seen that it, in fact David and I talk all the time about how you never know what's truth what's real what to believe what you know you're having to wade through um there's certainly no lazy consumers of news anymore that that you can really count on you have to actually kind of dig in to see what's going on and into making your own decisions and we were actually talking before as well about one of the strengths of of homeschooling is we're actually able to help our children learn to think while they're young so that you know I'm seeing now with my 21 year old, my 19-year-old, 17-year-old, the conversations that we're having about what's going on in the world are fascinating because they're actually digging in and they're not just swinging, you know, wild like a lot of their friends are just based on, you know, kind of what what the latest trend is among among kids. So how are you all seeing within your older kids in CC, what are you all seeing as far as kind of the the temperature of the families and the kids regarding all the craziness that's going on? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the strengths of homeschooling is just, as you mentioned, that you teach kids how to think and reason and and you want to have reasonable people that you're homeschooling with and so you try to create reasonable kids and Mm -hmm. what we've seen through classical education is really diving deep um, into original documents and looking at um, history uh, not through the lens of a professor that may have a certain worldview but by reading original documents and discussing those and discussing those in relation to what's going on today and what you see a lot of is there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have a historical perspective on what what's going on and the things that are around us, it's really easy to get tied up with sound bites or things that might sound good, um, but really historically have been tried before and haven't worked um, well at all. And so I think that uh, you know our students have been well prepared to deal with the different things that are going on and have been able to transition um, well, um, whether they've had to maybe meet uh, over Zoom or uh, whatever the different regulations have been and the different things that we've all had to overcome, um, that they've been able to have those serious conversations with a group of people who are going to examine things in a, in a historical context and, and not get caught up in the moment. 
Yeah, I want to I want to double back to what you were saying about um, about the historical documents and kind of the originals going back and, and studying those. For a lot of people, I think that that's a very foreign concept. A lot of the families that come to teach them diligently, a lot of them were homeschooled, but but for even more of them, they're relatively new to the homeschool world, and so they would have come up through a more traditional school environment where you're often not going back to those those um, core documents and really perusing them. So can you give us a little bit more of kind of a background of what you're talking about when you say that? Sure. So like, you know, we're going to read the constitution and and learn about it, but we're also going to read the federalist papers and, you know, through this pandemic, we've seen different States treat it differently versus in other countries, right? The, you know, whoever runs the country is able to set a rule for everyone and so it's just kind of kind of one of those things is like, why do we have a federalist system? What is a federalist system? You know, why do we have, you know, we just had an election, right? And why, why don't we, I thought we lived in a democracy. Well, we don't live in a democracy. We live in a constitutional mm-hmm. republic. Well, why did the founding fathers set up a constitutional republic uh, instead of a democracy? Well, maybe, you know, if you go back and read why, because democracies don't work. Yeah. And why do we have um, an electoral college? Well, so the big cities, you know, don't dominate, you know, 100% of uh, the rule here in the wor- United States that we're working together as a group for um, what benefits um, all of us and hopefully towards freedom. And so when you don't have those historical contexts, don't even know those type of documents exist, um, then, you know, you say, oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. Oh, you know, oh, let's give, uh, you know, everybody free money. Well, you know, those things don't don't work. Um, And as far as having our freedom taken away, you know, that's. a a slippery slope and yeah, we need to love our neighbor well and, and make wise decisions based on the data that we have. But, you know, are we, um, individuals who are sovereign over ourselves or are we a collective that have uh, the government sovereign over us? And, um, you know, we, we've just seen society kind of go back and forth and and it moves quickly. And either you have a a group of people who, you know, want to go along with, um, to get along, or do you have people that are willing to stand up and say what is true, um, even if that truth might not be popular? Right. Well, and and it's so important. I, I I don't think we can overstate the importance of preparing our young people, preparing our teenagers, even younger than that, to understand these systems and to be able to articulate why they're there. Um, had a really interesting conversation with my 21-year-old about a week ago, maybe not even quite that long, but um, he came home from work and was just talking about how with so many of his friends, they just want all this to be over. They're just done with the chaos. They're done with, you know, all of this. And, you know, he's coming from a background where he does better understand. I mean, he's still 21. There's still an immaturity there and a lack of of vision on bigger things. But but he does understand um, a lot of that context that you were just relating to. And so few do. But he's having actually opportunities to talk about things and to to kind of throw out um, information to 
his peers that, I mean, honestly, for most of them, they've never, ever heard. And so to prepare them to be able to stand, even in, you know, kind of smaller situations, just peer group situations is, is really beneficial and is really, really helpful for them. Um, but I will tell you, as your kids get older, you're going to find that they get really frustrated with people who don't, who don't understand and don't even care to understand. Oh yeah, I get frustrated with those people too. I know <laughs> we all do, <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's really been very interesting. And the other thing about teaching your children to understand this stuff, um, I was always amazed by how much I didn't know. So as I was going through and teaching my kids, because uh, one of the the great strengths of home education is how much mom and dad learn along with the kids. Absolutely. Um, just phenomenal, phenomenal benefit of homeschooling because now I really am excited to learn. Whereas probably when I was taking a government class, I wasn't quite as excited to learn it. Um, but, but the stuff that I learned through the years going through it with them um, has really given me a much deeper perspective on things that are going on uh, really, I mean, you know, in, in Technicolor this year, but this has all been building for quite some time. Um, and so the, the knowledge that even parents gain by digging deep and the conversations that we've been able to have with our kids through the years have just been treasures. You know, you get to see how, how deeply thoughtful your children are as they're as they engage in these deep conversations with you yeah absolutely i mean at classical conversations we really say that we're helping redeem two educations at once the parents and the students and that you know our goal is to really equip parents to educate their children using those timeless tools of learning within the current culture so that they are able to stand on on truth and beauty and goodness, um, no matter what's going on around them or, or what um, half-truths are going on. Because, you know, if you look, Ken Ham is one of the speakers that you guys have on, and uh, he always talks about the beginning of Genesis and when Satan said, did God really say? Mm. And I think, you know, if you look at a lot of the things that are going on in our culture today, this is the same lie that we see in the beginning of Genesis is, did God really say? Did God really say, you know, he made man in his own image? Did God really say that he made men and women? You know, did God really say that um, you shouldn't lie? You know, these are things that um, our current culture disagrees with. And right. so if you're going to stand up to the current culture, not only do you need to be able to know what the truth is or even believe that truth exists. I don't know if you've seen this, um, but Barna did a study on Generation Z and found that only 34% of Generation Z, that's about 20-year-olds and under, um, agree with the statement that lying is morally wrong. So that means two out of every three um, kids in the United States that are under really the age of 2021 believe that uh, lying isn't morally wrong, (laughs) which is um, super scary. So, yeah. So I'm saying in a podcast that our culture disagrees with lying is a sin. They disagree with it being morally wrong. And there's statistics to prove that. And if you don't if you don't even think that truth matters. You know, how are you going to educate to truth? Because if if finding out what is actually true doesn't even matter um, in our education system, 
our government-run education system is really um, putting that idea into our students' heads. It's not surprising when we get the results um, that we see in society today. Oh, no question. And that really doubles back to kind of the heart of why, honestly, both of our organizations exist, which is one of the reasons why I love you guys so much and love working with you. And that is at the at the family unit, at the individual unit, you've got to really get in and know God so that you can make him known. You've got to, in order to stand in a culture that is increasingly um, antagonistic to all things good, honestly, um, you know, it's, it's critically important that you are spending the time individually and then as a family to truly get in God's word and know him and know his word and know who he is and how, how he is so that then you can be a light in an increasingly dark world. Because there is also a, there is an art, for lack of a better word, in the way that you engage with in these conversations, whether it be civically or, you know, about spiritual matters or whatever, you've also, how you interact with people really makes a difference to your message as well, uh, because you can't go in super combative and get the same result as if you were going in with a more humble tone and a conversant tone. Um, and that all comes from actually Having, I think the the level of knowledge helps with the way that you're you're presenting your information as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, of course, we can see just uh, our current president, who may or may not be on the way out, depending on who you want to listen to. But you could definitely <laughs> see that combative tone. I think one of the great things about classical education is we teach you to ask good questions. Yep. And if someone who you disagree with. Um, if you're coming at them um, combatively, you're not going to be able to win them over. But if you ask them questions and they are not able to give answers that are satisfactory to themselves, it really forces them to examine um, their own worldview and why right. they believe what they believe. And so really just learning those tools of learning, um, learning those tools of persuasion and being able to ask really good questions and being able to stand on the truth and, and know what that is, is so important for our young people. And I'm so glad you brought in our mission to know God and to make him known. Um, and you know what we've seen in our studies is just that, you know, 89% of our graduates report that their faith in Christ was strengthened by mm. attending a classical conversations um, group. And so, you know, I just think that it is so important to be intentional with our kids because, um, and I love y'all's verse about teaching them diligently, um, that, you know, that's what we've been called to do as, as parents, that, um, these children are, uh, jewels in our crown that the God has given us. And it's our responsibility ultimately to educate them in the way they should go. And it's, you can, you can try to give that responsibility to, you know, the government or a private school or a tutor or, or anyone else. But ultimately, the, the Lord is going to hold you accountable for that. And, and ultimately, um, you're going to uh, see those fruits um, at the end of the at the end of your journey or or they won't be there. I love this uh, saying I heard a couple years ago was if you raise your children, you can enjoy your grandchildren. But if you don't raise your children, you have to raise your grandchildren. Wow. And, you know, we kind of start, we're starting to see that all over in our society. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and, and yeah, that's, a, that's actually a, 
a stunning commentary there, that that last statement that you just shared. Um, doubling back a little bit to what you were talking about, about asking questions and um, really putting out questions that, that force people to think about things that they may not have thought about before. Um, you know, that same approach, just since we are talking a little bit about parenting here, that same approach of, of asking questions, especially as your children are getting older and into the more gray areas where you're teaching them to think and to stand on their own um, a little bit more. But, but when you approach a situation with your child by asking questions rather than going straight into accusations, um, you'll find that the conversation is so much better. And you are actually able to get beyond just what you see down to the heart of the matter, which is where you want to be anyway. And it's that art of asking questions and of being able to think quickly enough as you're engaging with people to understand that you need to be thinking of questions and follow-ups and stuff like that allows any conversation to go deeper. And it allows you to really um, move beyond the passion of the moment into a much more... um, I guess, complex and helpful conversation, whether it's with your child, with a peer, with someone out in public or whatever. So that is such an important skill that that we need to be teaching and modeling for our children, but also adopting in our own parenting as well with our kids. Yeah, absolutely. And even as adults in our peer-to-peer relationships, it's so easy to uh, bring our own perspective to a situation or a story that we're telling ourselves or, you know, we have our own life that is uh, kind of giving us perspective. And the more we can do to ask questions about other people's behaviors or, or motivations beforehand and not mm-hmm. assuming them, uh, I think helps us all uh, create a dialogue um, to develop win-win situations. And so I think it's a, it's a lifelong skill really that is going to benefit um, your child, not just, you know, getting good grades or into a, hopefully a Christian college or getting a good job, but um, being someone that really fulfills all that the Lord has um, hoped for in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and just you, you, I think alluded to this too, that the perspective that you get by actually being interested in the perspective of another person, I think that's one of the things that uh, one of the casualties really of all the social media that has come in um, because people are so quick just to lash out, just to get their statement out there. They're reacting instead of actually contemplating. Um, And we've kind of removed the humanity out of a lot of this discourse. Um, And that is, that is so dangerous. And our children, that's really the only world they've known. They've only seen this social media driven world where that, that humanity is kind of extracted from the conversation. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the, yeah, social media is definitely, degraded the conversation and not not helped it uh, i would yeah. say that some of the hope hopefulness that i see is that the younger generation um is kind of steering away from some of these social media platforms um and into other ones um but hopefully that uh, hopefully they'll learn from some of their uh their parents mistakes and and they'll make their own <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'll they'll come up with their own ways. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. With with my kids, they um and and I actually I didn't know if my kids were just outliers. They they weren't allowed to be on social until they were older than most. But then they tried it and they really 
they don't care. None of my kids are actually very engaged in social media whatsoever. Um, and and I have heard that from several of their friends. They're actually getting back to calling people and actually talking to people, which I think is a very hopeful thing too, because for so long it's been all text or written and and so many so many things can go awry with just written conversation and not actually looking someone in the eye and and having that conversation that way. Yeah, I mean, God made us to be social beings, right? He saw Adam and knew it wasn't good for him to be alone. Um and I think, you know, what you're seeing as well, um, you see a rise in getting mail. I know I used to, you know, you used to dread getting mail because you just had a bunch of junk in there. And now it's like, oh, I got a letter. Let me read it. Um, I, so I think things swing back and forth. And I think what a lot of people also don't realize, and I actually talk a little bit in my book, uh, it's free, A Dad's Guide to Classical Education. I think you're linking to that is that the CEOs and the high level people in Silicon Valley, they send their kids to schools that do not have technology. Like hmm. Steve Jobs was famous for not letting his own kids use iPads until they're like over 16 years old, I believe is the age. Wow. And a lot of these guys send them to schools where they don't have computers or phones until they're teenagers. Um, and so it's it's kind of ironic that you see these government schools so excited about these iPads that they're getting for all these kids when the people who made the iPad won't even let their kids near one. Mm. <laughs> and yep. you're like, okay, what are they actually trying to do? Are they trying to do this altruistic, um, hey, let's make these kids smarter by giving them access to technology? Or are they trying to make them addicted? Um, mm. it, I think we'll see a lot of uh, addiction we see now a lot of addictive traits to social media and some of these technologies and it would just be interesting long-term to see if these things were a net benefit or um, if in reality that they hurt our ability to think and reason. And that even though we have all the knowledge we want to could ever access on our phones, um, it doesn't seem to help us think any better. Um, Right. Well, and with with so many of the kids, and honestly, it's more a, kind of Camden, my twenty one year old, kind of that 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 older group that I'm seeing a lot of this. There's a lack of being inquisitive. There's there's and this kind of doubles back to those questions. It's it's like they've been spoon fed for so long that they don't even think to ask the questions that may allow them to think outside of the box or may allow them to look for different things. Um, and so, again, just getting back to the conversations that we are able to have with our kids as home educators, teaching them to think and ask good questions, that's going to help them not just in the conversation, but really as they learn and they continue to learn as they get older. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our children are going to need those skills and they're going to stand out um, mm-hmm. in society if they have those t- skills. And just talking, um, obviously, through this um pandemic or at least all these lockdowns that have um, been the result of COVID-19, just the benefit of, I mean, one, the people who are homeschooling beforehand, you know, we've already seen all the, see all the statistics about how well homeschoolers do um, in the real world. Um, But now you have these, uh, you know, groups of people who, you know, had their paradigm just destroyed in a matter of a couple of weeks um, and a number of them have started homeschooling and I think they'll continue to homeschool because they see the benefit of it. Um, but 
that you know they weren't prepared to um, deal with something out of the ordinary yeah. versus people who have been taught to think, taught to reason. Yeah, we're able to look at the statistics. We're able to compare it to, you know, um, the flu and uh, the 19, you know, the, the 1912, 1918 Spanish, Spanish flu and, and what happened in history. And, um, you know, you know, what about the bubonic pig? How does this relate to that or, you know, anything through history and be able to reason and cr create um, better outcomes in our situation than those who are just used to, you know, showing up at 8 a.m. and leaving at 4 a.m. and are pretty much told what to do, you know, every second yep. in between those two time periods. Um, and it's been uh, just eye-opening to so many people on what they've been missing out or what the kids haven't been learning. And I think from from my perspective that homeschooling is one of the areas that's really going to benefit uh you know, from this is from the pandemic and really something that's going to benefit our society and our culture long term is parents mm -hmm. taking back their responsibility to educate their children and to make those educational choices more intentionally. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely agree. And and almost without exception, home education strengthens the family unit because you're spending more time together. You're getting to know each other on a deeper level. So much good comes out of making the choice to homeschool your kids. There's just no end to the benefits. Absolutely. And just, it was, it was heartening for me to just hear stories of, you know, my family ate dinner for the first time together in, mm -hmm. in five years, you know, people who wow. had their kids in like public school or private school or, you know, these, these things that were lost because people were just so busy filling their time up um, that were able to get back in with their family. And so I'm excited. The future of homeschooling is exciting. Um, we've got great things going on here at Classical Conversations to support families. I know you guys have great things going on. And, um, you know, I just want to encourage parents that you can homeschool. Um, that uh, there's plenty of organizations uh, that are going to be there to help you out. And it's not something that you need to be afraid of doing and jumping in with uh, two feet and just building those relationships are going to um, just be beneficial for a lifetime. No question. No question. Well, Robert, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, before we, we close out, though, would you tell us a little bit, you you alluded to it earlier, but we're going to link to an ebook that you have um, that's a dad's guide to classical education. Can you just tell us real quick, uh, you know, what can dads expect to find if they if they dive in and, and take a look at that? Yeah, so a dad's guide to classical education. It takes about it's about it's a short book. It's about fifteen to twenty minutes to read. Um, it really kind of approaches what is classical education from a, a dad's perspective, which is normally kind of when I started ed educating. You know, you hear these big words and Latin and and these things that you don't understand. So I really just try to break it down. Um, using uh, some modern cultural references and sports and really just say, you know, dads, you know what classical education is. If you've taught or you um, love sports, you know, this is kind of what what it breaks down in, in, in a way that they understand it. And then what are the benefits of it and why they should be supporting their, their uh, wives as they uh, – 
you know, try to homeschool and, and try to do this. Um, so it's, it's a fun read. Uh, it's enjoyable. It's a little bit sarcastic. It's not like any of our other, you know, serious <laughs> educational materials that we write. Um, but I just wanted something that um, a dad could pick up and read and be like, okay, I kind of know what's going on now. Um, and it's something that sounds um, great for my family and something that I'm going to support because they just don't, you know, most of the times the fathers are trying to, um, you know, provide an income to allow their wives to stay home. Um, and sometimes it's vice versa, but, you know, the vast majority of the time and don't necessarily have an opportunity to dive down into the pedagogy and the reasons um, for homeschooling. They just know that it's something that works and they're excited for it. And this will give them a, a little bit more detail um, so they can explain it to their friends. Well, and I will weigh in as the wife side of, you know, a homeschool family. Having having a dad, you don't have to be, you know, physically involved in really any of it. You don't have to teach a class or, or anything like that. But having a guy who is who is intellectually involved, who is interested in what's going on, who who, you know, will will share ideas and bounce ideas and be engaged in what's going on helps the mom then help the kids so much. It's so important for mom and dad to work together in that way. And so anything that strengthens a dad's resolve and vision for, for, you know, his role in all of this is super important. So dads, I strongly encourage you to take the 15, 20 minutes to dive into this book. Mom's going and print it out, leave it on his desk or his table or his place at dinner, you know, little subtle hint there. I think that, um, you know, you're not asking too much. (laughs) The the opening paragraph says, most likely your wife gave this to you to read. There you go. See, great minds, great minds, clearly. (laughs) Well, Robert, thank you. Thank you you so much for joining us today. We are about out of time, but I really appreciate your spending the time. Yeah, it was great. And uh, just excited for 2021 and um, excited to see people at the conference this year. Uh, yes. Lord willing, we're allowed, allowed to have them. <laughs> well, we are, we are looking actually like the Lord's going to allow that to happen. We're, we're, um, Cautiously, very, very optimistic. Um, gonna have to, you know, mix things up a little bit, which you know we should probably be expected. But I think it's we're gonna be able to have events that look and feel very similar to what people are used to. We're very thankful because it's so important for all of us to get together again and just the body of Christ to to lean on one another um, like we were created to do. And I would just um, encourage so- people to order their tickets early because. The number of homeschoolers doubled. So go out there and get your tickets before they're all sold out. Well, that's true because there probably will be a sellout this year because of, you know, just some of the the boundaries that we're going to have to work under. So that is an excellent point. Um, but everybody else, do do go on, get your tickets, come out, see Robert and his gang, um, see the rest of us. We would love to interact with you. We'd love to encourage your hearts. Um, definitely check out um, A Dad's Guide to Classical Education. I'm also going to give you some other resources in the additional resources today so that you can connect both with Cece, but some other helpful um, articles um, on some of the topics that we talked about. And I hope that you have Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. 
We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within his families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.